we're dealing with eternity. Is there is a life after this world, this life, and this life is so short. You know, when you prepare to go to a journey, long trip, you usually spend some time getting things together. You try to put things together so you won't forget anything while you are over there. I just don't understand mankind. You've never died before. Hello. <laughs> and you don't know what's on the other side. You're just going to go unprepared, don't know what's there. I don't understand that, that kind of thinking. But people are doing it. And even Christians, they, 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 even in our time, as it seems, there is no gravity in their mind concerning this God that we serve. And, and I want to go back to that. There are things that we must do, not just blessings from God, but remember, we are going to be with him in this kingdom forever and ever. And I don't want to be in his presence shrinking while he's coming near me because I know in my heart everything is not well. I got to take care of the issues yet. Amen? Uh, that's some introduction. Would you stand up? I didn't forget. <laughs> the Lord God has given me the tongue of the learned that I should know how to speak a word in season to him who is weary. He awakens me morning by morning. He awakens my ear to hear as the learned. The Lord God has opened my ear, and I was not rebellious, nor did I turn away. Amen. That's from Isaiah chapter 50, verse 4 and 5. There's a, a scripture, Second um, Peter chapter 1, verse 4. It says, God has given us exceedingly great and precious promises. Exceedingly great and precious promises. That by these promises, we might partake of his divine nature. God gave us promises that if we hold on to those promises and accept those promises and take those promises to ourselves, we can be partakers of his divine nature. Divine nature. That's the nature of God himself. God's not holding back anything from you. He wants you to be just like him. Experiencing life like he experiences. Life without want. God's never worried about anything. God's never concerned about anything. He's never sick. Everything is well with him. And, and God has no want. And he says, I want you to partake of my divine nature. And he gives this to us through promises. And so I have to know those promises. I have to embrace those promises. You see, God speaking. And there are ways to these promises. In Romans chapter 3, verse 17, he, say, 
He says, the way of peace they have not known. I believe that's Romans chapter 1. The way of peace they have not known. So there is a way to peace. There is a way to the life of God. There is a way to it. And is the way of the kingdom. Kingdom ways to peace. So man, God has been speaking, wanting to draw us, speaking to us, wanting to draw us to the way of peace. Where there is nothing broken, there is nothing lacking, every need is met. You know the scriptures very well. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. So as long as God's there, you don't have to worry about want, and you don't have to fear anything, because he said, I will be with you even to the end. So God wants us to have this peace. In the Hebrew, shalom means all is well. Peace in every area of life. And so God's speaking. God's been speaking. God's been wanting to talk to us. And so if you read in Hebrew chapter 1 verse, two, verse, verse 1, it says, God who at various times and in various ways, you see, God's speaking. He's trying to get our attention. We need His words. God's speaking to you this morning. He's wanting to bless you. And we're coming to that. He says, in various ways, in various times, God speaking, spoke in time past to our fathers by the prophets. God spoke through the prophets. But in these last days, He has spoken to us by His Son. He has spoken to us by His Son, whom He has appointed heirs of all things, through whom also He made the world. In other words, everything that was before Jesus came, God was trying in every way, through Moses, the the, uh, commandments and all of that. It wasn't against us. God was trying to pull us to Himself. Because in Him we can find blessings. In Him we can have peace. He's done that. Jesus said in Luke 16 verse 16, The law and the prophets were until John. The law and the prophets were until John. That's the way God tried to reach out to speak to man. Through the law and the prophets. Since then... Since that time, so the law prophets all rolled away. Now, since that time, the kingdom of God is preached. And everyone is pressing into it. Since that time, God saying, I have a kingdom. You are welcome. There are words of the kingdom to your spirit. God's pulling you to himself for blessing. Never against you. We're coming to that. God can never be against you. He sent His Son in human form to dwell among us. So that He can reach out to us. And why? Not to punish us. Jesus made it clear. I didn't come to condemn the world. I came so that the world might be saved. Saved from what? Everything that's evil. So you can have goodness in your life. Goodness and mercy. So He sent His Son to speak to us. 
and gave us exceedingly great and precious promises that by through, by through those promises, we can partake of his divine nature. We're still getting there. We need to get to know that. So the law and the prophet, have you, have you pressed into it? The kingdom of God is being preached. In other words, God saying there is an, a hidden kingdom. There is a kingdom for you to be a part of. Yeah, we are citizens of the United States. Yes, but there is another kingdom that is bigger than the United States and every nation in the world. Encompasses all of them put together. This kingdom is there for you and you can be a part of the kingdom. And when you are a part of the kingdom, you are the responsibility of the king. He owns everything. And he'll provide for you everything that you need. He is able to provide. But there is a way. There are ways to the kingdom. You know, God spoke to Abraham, uh, spoke to the angels right before he destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah. He said, he will bring his children in the way. Teach them the way of the Lord. There is the way of the Lord. There is also the way of the world. He leads to bitterness, pain, heartaches. And sometimes parents even make that available to their children. Because of the way they live. Apart from God, there is no peace. That's what the Bible says. The way of peace, they have not known. I read that scripture years ago and I wanted to know, what, where is this way of peace? This way that I can walk on and have peace in my life. Peace in my family, peace in my marriage, peace for my children. Where is this way of peace? But he brought those to us through his son. And God has been speaking, wanting to get to us. But is anyone listening? You know, I know from Isaiah chapter 6 that God's always speaking. God never sleeps. And he's not speak, speaking for his benefit. We're hearing the same words, the words from the same mouth that created the universe. Let there be light from the same lips. If I embrace those words, he transforms your life. If you reject those words, you stay in darkness and confusion. These are the words of life from our God. That's why I stay with scripture and go nowhere. I don't listen to anybody. If he's not in the book, I'm not receiving it from you. God's not obligated to confirm your own opinion and your words and what you believe. God's only conf- uh, God is only obligated to b- follow what scripture says. That's the important thing. And pride. Pride is the greatest problem people have. Pride. And sometimes spiritual pride. Because you think you know it. Humble yourself. And listen to what God says. The law and the prophets were unto John. Since then, the kingdom of God is being preached. And everyone is pressing into it. Let me ask you. You know what it means to press into it? That means some people may not be able to get in. So I've got to push my way through it. 
so that I can be a part of it. That's the truth. You know, Jesus made it very clear in, uh, in uh, Mark chapter 9, and you find the same scripture in Mark, uh, Luke chapter 9. Um, Jesus took James. I'm not going to read the scripture. i just tell, tell you as it is. James, Peter, James, and John, and he went up on the mountain. And the Bible says as he was praying, his countenance changed. Because there was going to be a meeting. A divine meeting. And then all of a sudden, Moses who had been dead, (laughs) showed up. Moses showed up. In a glorified form. So Jesus being a man, if he's going to talk to these people in their glorified form, Moses and Elijah, both of them. If he's got to talk to them, they, he has to be transformed to get to their level and above their level. So he was transformed and he said his clothes shone like the sun. And Jesus was with them. And they talked. They were having a meeting. I used to wonder, what were they talking about? For how long? They talked about things. But the main focus was about Jesus going into Jerusalem and dying for us. He says, he talk, they talked about his disease. That's if you read in, uh, in Luke chapter 9. They talk about his death. But then, a, a strange thing happened. Now, let me say this. Just like he says, the law and the prophets were, bef- were until John. Yeah, until John. Moses represented the law. And Elijah the greatest of the prophets, represented the prophets. And, 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 and all of a sudden, Peter, he was overwhelmed, and the rest of them. And this Peter said, well, let's build a tabernacle, uh, one for you, Jesus, and one for you, Elijah, and, and, and one for you, Moses. That's what happens. When you have something good, share it. Don't stay there. Don't keep it to yourself. You're supposed to share it. They were just going to stay there. And as he was talking, he says he didn't know what he was talking about. He just was speaking. And then a cloud came. A bright cloud overshadowed them. And God silenced Peter. This is my beloved son, God said. What did he say? Listen to him. Listen to him. It's words for us. Because he's here to show us the kingdom. No more Moses. The funny thing is, as soon as they opened their eyes, they bowed their heads, they heard the voice. And when they opened their eyes, I'm sure they were still expecting to see Moses and Elijah. Let's have fellowship. Another funny thing, they knew Moses even though they had never seen him before. And Elijah. When we get to heaven, I'll just know where you're from. Amen? I know everything about you. But when they opened their eyes, Moses was gone. Elijah was gone. And guess who they had to deal with? That's the only one. That's the only one to listen to. Jesus. Jesus. And the words that he brought to us. To show us the way. And he made it clear. I am the way. 
the truth and the life. But he is the word of God. So I have to discover what the word says. What the way says to us. I have to discover that. In, in John chapter 1 verse 14. It says, and the word became flesh. And dwelt among us. The word of God became a human being. God became a man. He dwelt among us to show us the way. And we beheld his glory as of the glory of the only begotten of the Father. Full of what? Grace and truth. We need grace, but we also need truth. Today, people want to stay on the side of grace. But they forget grace and truth. You can't be living like the devil because you got grace. <laughs> there is grace and truth. He, was, he came full of grace and truth. And in verse 16, it says, And of his fullness we have all received grace upon grace, grace for grace. For the law was given through Moses, but grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. That's what we have. I like what it says in John chapter 1 verse 16, dealing with uh, uh, the new, I mean uh, the living Bible says, we have all benefited, I guess we have it up, we have all benefited from the rich blessings he brought us. Blessing upon blessing heaped on us. Have you received that blessing that God has given to us? The natural man does not understand what we are talking about. The natural man doesn't understand what we are talking about. 1 Corinthians 2 verse 14 says, The natural man does not understand the things of the Spirit of God. The natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God. For they are foolishness to him, nor can he know them. Because they are spiritually discerned. If you are born again, you are not natural. If you are born again, you have been translated from being a natural person into a spiritual person, a supernatural person. There is a part of you that is supernatural and you have to embrace it. And to you, Jesus speaks. I've come to realize that when Jesus is speaking, most of the time, he's talking to his disciples, kingdom people. The rest of them have the privilege to hear. But he's really directing his message to kingdom people, showing us how we must walk if we want to live in the blessing. His message is for them. For the natural people, they don't get it. They can't understand it. And so when they speak words against what you believe and what you are saying, that's because they are still in their natural self. It's the spiritual self that understands what God is saying and what God is doing. Jesus made it very clear in Matthew 13 that 
you have been given the ability to know the mysteries of the kingdom of God. But to those that are outside, it's always going to be a parable. That's the great privilege you have in God. If you have not accepted Christ as your Lord and Savior, and you have arguments against it, it's natural. It's natural for you to have arguments against the Word of God. Even when it's shown to you, you have an argument. And sometimes people get angry. They don't want to hear it. If you're fighting a particular area, that's because you're still in your natural self in that area. The thing is to be open to what God says so that you can learn. The natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God. Now, there's something I've always thought, and that's where the message is going. Um, you know the uh, Sermon on the Mount, right? There was a great multitude, right? Jesus saw the multitude and he went up a mountain, right? And sat down. And guess what happened? The disciples, who came to him? The disciples came to him. And he opened his mouth and he taught them, saying, Who was he teaching? The disciples. They had the privilege to hear it. Read at the end of Matthew uh, chapter 7, when Jesus concluded his message. He said, they said, they were amazed at his teaching because he taught as one having authority. That's what it says. The very last verse, he taught as one having authority, not as one of the scribes. Well, the disciples knew he had authority. They knew that. But the multitude didn't. They were amazed. At his word. He is speaking to you so that you know how to work in kingdom ways. So you can be blessed. There are kingdom ways. There are kingdom ways. They came up to him and then he opened his mouth and he taught them saying. And he was actually teaching those that belong to God. If you read through the scripture, he uses the words like, your heavenly father knows, right? That's not the multitude. Hello? That wasn't the multitude. Your father knows. You have to be a kingdom person to know what kingdom words and kingdom ways are all about. And how to have progress in the way of the kingdom. The ways of the kingdom. He is the king. He is the king of kings. And we be also, because he has made us kings and priests, he is our king. And we listen to our king. We're subject to our king. We listen to what he says. What he says, what he wants, that's what, he, that's what we do. Because he owns us. That's why he is called the Lord. That means the Lord, your landlord, is the owner of your house, right? He is the Lord, your Lord. He is the Lord of your life. He's what he says you're going to do. He owns you. You are bought with a price. Right? My car can't tell me where to drive it to. Hello? I bought it. You are bought with a price. The blood of Jesus. 
He tells you and you discover from his word where he wants you to go. And that's where you go. That's what you do. And you know, the king watches over his kingdom. And those that do his bidding, he says, you have been over this little stuff. I'm going to bless you. I'm going to put you over many, many stuff. That's what it is. But when you rebel, to obey is better than sacrifice. And to hearken than the, the facts of ram. So he, taught, he started teaching them. He said in verse 3 of John chapter 5, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are the poor in spirit. We haven't gone back to this. I don't hear a lot about this. The poor in spirit. What does this mean? Humility. 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 Blessed are the poor in spirit. Basically, what you're saying is, God, I cannot survive without you. I am empty without you. Life is not worth living if you are not with me. Moses said to God, if you don't go with us, we're not going anywhere. If your presence does, your presence does not go with us, I'm not go, we're not going to the promised land. We'll stay right here in the wilderness. You have to be with us. Because we can't handle it on our own. We need God. And until you need, know and understand in deep inside of you that you need God, not just for some things, everything. Because Jesus said, without me, you can do nothing. That's humility. Blessed are the poor in spirit. I used to think he was talking about blessed are the poor. So now let's get rid of all the money we got. It's not blessed are the poor, but poor in spirit. That's the number one thing. Selfishness will lead to pride. Selfishness will not allow you to humble yourself. Because the only sin in the world today is as a result of selfishness. My way does it. The way I want it. And God says, give that up. Give that up and let God be God. So that's what God says. And you can find this through. If you want to, as a believer, a child of God, if you want God to take you from where you are to a closer walk with Him, the only way is humility. And the Bible says of Jesus, being found as a man, even though He was God, but because He was a man, he humbled himself. Jesus, being a man, and I've said it here before, before Jesus came, prayers went up to him. He was not a man, right? But when he came and became a man, guess what he did? He prayed. 
In other words, he was telling his father, if you don't help me, I, I have no help. And Jesus was clear. He says, I'm not alone. The father who sent me, he's always with me. So I know that God is with me. Humility is the key. First Peter chapter three verse uh, chapter five verse six. He says, "Therefore humble yourself under the mighty hand of God, that He may exalt you in due time." Blessed are the poor in spirit. And James also took the same way. Verse, James four verse six. He says, "But He gives more grace, right? More grace." Therefore, he says, God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord, and he will lift you up. You know, Jesus told the parable about this thing about humility. I've often said the church is a hospital. I didn't go to God because I felt I was better than anybody else. I went to, to church to seek God because I knew something was wrong with the way I was living. And I couldn't help myself. I needed God. If I'm a little better, I don't think I'm better than anybody else. I just got some treatments from the master. Amen? And I'm doing better. And if you just got in, I'm not going to say, well, you filthy thing. I'm, no, I was your way. I'm going to say to you, Believe me, this man was worse than you are right now. But the master is giving me a few injections and I'm doing good. You're going to receive those same injections and your life is going to be better. Don't worry about it. Just be patient with the master and make sure you do whatever he tells you. Okay, even though I've not done everything that he told me, right? But, but I want do what he tells you. I knew what happened to me when I didn't listen, right? And it wasn't funny. So you don't go that way. Avoid that. He's going to be okay with you. Jesus gave a parable. Two men. The importance of humility. A Pharisee and a a publican. Not a Republican. I mean a publican. (laughs) Because Democrats always think Jesus was referring to the Republicans. (laughs) Okay. Both of them went into the tabernacle to pray. And Jesus told us a story. The the, the publican, he wouldn't even look up. He was crying out to God. I'm empty. I need God. He wouldn't raise his head. He beat his breast. Because there's an emptiness there. I tell you what, when you think you stand... The Bible says, take heed, lest you fall. It's pride. Take heed. He beat his breast. And he said, you know, he prayed to God for the forgiveness of his sin. And if you're here this morning, why don't you humble yourself? God can come into your life and transform your life. And then the other man said, well, you know, I fast so many times a week. And I give my tithe. And God's thinking, oh, that's so stinky to hear. <laughs> I don't want to hear that. He says, the other man went home justified. The case of humility. 
the case of humility. One thing I have known among dealing with myself and believers when it comes to humility, when you have humility from God and the wisdom of God, this is what scripture says. It's called wisdom. (laughs) Wisdom is the principal thing. The thing is to know the difference. I need God. And I want him in my life. That's wisdom. And this is what the Bible says. In James chapter 3. But the wisdom that is from above. How many want the wisdom from above? I want the wisdom from above. The wisdom that is from above is first what? Pure. It's pure. Then, peaceable. And what? Gentle. Willing to yield. This is where it says, willing to yield. You're not always right. You got to listen. When you insist, that's a clear sign. I wonder what's going on here. I wonder what's going on here. Yield to what the word says. You don't know it all. Yield to his grace. Believe God's word. Even though it doesn't make sense to you, accept it. And tell yourself, I will understand it later. But now, I know God said it. I'm going to receive it. As God's word. That's humility. When he says it, you don't have to see it. But he's already said it. And because he's God, you know he was here before you got here. He knows everything. Even though it doesn't make sense to you, but he said it. And let God be true and every man a liar. So believe in his word. When you believe and you humble yourself, then you will see. You know, in the scripture, Jesus talked about eating his flesh and drinking his blood. I know we know what that means today. Okay? But the disciples didn't know what he was talking about. They didn't. It didn't make sense to them. They were Jews. And Jesus was telling them, eat my flesh. I'm not doing that. And many of them were offended. Because they had no understanding. They resisted what he was saying. That's the point. They resisted the word from the mouth of the Son of God. Who came to give us life. They refused. And he said, many of them turned away. God help us. They were offended at what he had to say. They wouldn't humble themselves. But look, notice at what the other said. When Jesus turned around, they didn't go, they didn't understand it. They said, this is a hard thing. We don't understand it. When Jesus said, would you also go away? They said, to whom shall we go? There's nowhere else to go. We don't understand what you're saying, but we're staying with you. Did they understand that later? They did. They did. They did. Humility. Putting yourself under the word of God. And doing what the word says. Whether you understand it or not. 
Sometimes things happen in the church. There are a lot of things I want to say because I'm going through this message. Things happen in the church and you hear, and Christians have this, this thing that everyone is saying, and everybody just goes without even checking it. They don't check it. Nicodemus said, and the, my point is, stay with the word. Don't have your own opinions. Nicodemus said to the Pharisees, when they said to the soldiers, they said, didn't you arrest him? The soldiers said, we've never heard anyone speak like this, ever. And they said, are you also deceived? Have you ever heard that a prophet will come from Galilee? You heard something like that? But these people who are ignorant, they're deceived. And Nicodemus said, does the Lord judge a man? Before you hear him and you know what he's doing? Does the law judge a man before you know? If you don't know, get ready to know. It's a lifetime of discovery in the word of God. You can discover. But when you already know, and Jesus said, if you say, you see, you remain blind. So I have to, I don't know, you know, I've got to open up, humble myself. Receive the Lord Jesus as your Lord and Savior. I don't need any Savior. <laughs> you don't have understanding. We all need saving. He came to save us from our sins. To free us from our sins. And by the grace of God, I thank God. By His grace and His grace alone. That I understood it enough. There's somebody much bigger than I am. I have no control over my own life. But he has absolute control. And if I can put my, my life in his hands, I will be in good shape. Even though I don't understand the circumstances around my life. I don't understand the, everything that's happening to me in life. As long as I give him everything. And his promise to be faithful to me. That's his promise. And he cannot lie. I will be okay. No matter what happens to me, I will be okay. The key is to humble yourself. And why don't you do that today? You've done it, doing your own thing. But today, as it says, surrender to him. I know when we talk about surrender to him, we're, we're thinking, okay, I'm going to receive Christ as my... No, I'm talking about every area of your life. Give everything to him. And say from now on, as you lead, that's the way I go. What you say is what I'm going to do. And then add, help me. I am willing. Give me the power to do what pleases you. When a man's ways, that's where we're coming by the ways, when your ways are pleasing to God, heaven will come down into your life. You will experience heaven on earth when your ways are pleasing. But his way must be my way. And I want to submit to that way. I'm speaking to every one of you this morning, and including myself. The world is going to get even more wicked. 
but I want to be part of that sheep of his. I want to follow him with all of my heart. No holding back. I have no, nothing. To, I, can't, I, don't, I, I don't even have to think about pleasing anybody else. When I please him, you please them. To please everybody. When you please him. Check your whole life this morning. Yes, I know you're a Christian. But is this something that you're holding back from him? He created you. Everything that you have, he gave to you. Your, even your whole life. He could take it at will. But he's still merciful and it allows you to keep going. Come back home so you can have life. Come back home. Surrender. Let go. Because he came to save us from our sin. Let go. All those addictions, whatever it is, let go. What you have to do is tell God, please help me. That's all God needs. Help me, God. And your words will be recorded in heaven. That you said to God Almighty, help me. If you mean it from your heart, he heard you. The angels also heard you. And because they heard you, God's already started to do something about it. But if you are satisfied with where you are and not willing to go God's way, he'll protect your right. You know, in America, we, we, that's my right. <laughs> but with God, you have no rights. You are bought with a price. And you belong to God. Does that mean you're going to live a bitter life? No. The best of life. If you turn it over to him, in my mind, is heaven on earth. Just do what is right. Today, I want everyone's head bowed. And you think about your life with God. Your relationship with him. I don't want to be on the periphery, on the outside. I want to be in the Holy of Holies with God. That's where I want to be. How is your devotion with God? How close will you say you are to God? Have you heard from God lately? That's not because he's not speaking. There is a song that goes, Oh, I want to know him and to look upon his face. And that's for everybody. That's for everybody. Let's make a serious commitment to serving the one who gave his life for us. He gave his life for us. The least I can do is to help his work on earth and do it with everything that I have. No holding back. No pleasing man by pleasing God. If you're here this morning, 
and you say, God, I'm letting go. I'm letting go of all. I will serve you. If that's you, could you rise to your feet with me? If that's you, I'm letting go of all. I'm going to serve you. No holding back. No holding back. No holding back. With, by your grace, O oh God, I will serve you. If you mean that, rise to your feet and God will pour His grace upon your life. Today, today, God will pour His grace upon your life. That's what I want for my own life. I'm not excluded. I want it for me. I want God to take over my own life so I can serve Him. Would you lift your hands up to Him? It's important because I believe when you lift your hands up to the Lord, He looks towards you. He looks towards you. Sometimes we dedicate ourselves, we dedicate babies to God. Today, I am dedicating my life to my God. I am dedicating my life to my God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Say with me, Heavenly Father, I commit my life to you today. I dedicate my life to serving you. Lord God, pour your grace upon my life right now. According to your word, grace for grace, that out of your fullness I will receive from heaven grace upon grace. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for standing with me and for being inside of my life. We give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen.